And one of the jobs we, we had as an agency, the background in vendor end, was, was we, well, I thought there was an opportunity to take that model of uh, direct technology into recruit and support channels. And that's been the Sherpa story um, so far. And that's a cheesy picture of me, let's move on and we do it for some of these people at the moment. But really, what, what, what we came across, that there were four main elements that we as a business could offer to vendor, vendor channel groups um, to support better interactions and delivery with their partners, okay? And of course, this assumes a heavy role for the agency. And of course, that's the way we're thinking, we're gonna try and commercialize some of this. And some of this is not rocket science, and some of it's obvious, and we find some members doing it in its entirety, we find some doing it in pockets, but certainly the programs um, was very important, to be able to have a badged program linked to accreditation, linked to that whole system. Um, that delivered, and, and David mentioned the, the dreaded ROI um, word, and he also mentioned leads. Well, if you know anything about channel partners, Marcus, please forgive this, channels have an unnaturally focused need for leads, and it's, it's great, it's what they want to grow their businesses, they are the subject matter experts, and programs traditionally have been around different leads. We also need that platforms have a part to play, and this was kind of the second pillar here, and that we need to develop and build platforms that did a better job of managing, activating, reporting on channels so that we do a bit of work in that area. Certainly, the type of people in our business, we knew that they would have to have a really good understanding of channels, how they worked, and so actually the, the Sherpa team is a mixture of uh, agency types, um, but people from DC and people who've worked in vendor and, and even some reseller staff who we think bring a, a bit of colour and, and an understanding of that channel dynamic into the people bit. And we either, you know, we do see ourselves working very much alongside. And then, you know, partners. A lot of the programme I'm going to just talk to you about this case study is in that top level of partners. This is not um, a kind of presentation about how to work best through distance. Okay, so it's not that. This is vendor, agency, top level of platinum um, um, of partners, let's say. And we think there is this transformation around what, you know, this 30-year-old this model of MDF, quarterly reporting, proof of execution or performance, you know, being uploaded, and all of these great things that just, just worked. But we think there's a new world, and it's around these four areas. So just, just a quick bit of scene setting about what the channel environment is, and, and, and yes, again, we haven't subscribed to IDG, so we gladly and take their stats and use them as data, but we are looking at challenges around the channel. And, and the big one that keeps coming up to us, which vendors are saying, and channels, around the visibility piece. <coughs> vendors putting money into channel and asking, what am I getting for that? And, you know, there is a, there is a, Say there's an upload and a call thing, there's partner marketing managers or channel managers out there doing this great job and trying to get that visibility, but it still remains a challenge. And there's a lot of admin around it. Um, I, I think the insufficient funds will always be the partner route. You know, I want more MDF, I want a bigger than 50 50 cut of things. Uh, do I go discretionary in what I'm doing? And because that's certainly something that we're seeing much more of, that, that well-thought-out business case from a channel partner that says, I need this, and I've only got 20% of it in MDF. That's, that's one of the areas that we're seeing moving to, and then claims and things. So there are, there are a number of challenges that I think have always been there. Um, 
But you know, vendors such as we've got in the room genuinely believe that if, if you could get better visibility, better management, better traction of MDF, you'd get better results. Um, and, and I think then if you ask the partners what they need, you know, the marketing the marketing thing comes a little bit way down, further down the list. And MDF and marketing, marketing materials being lost is no surprise. Um, there's only one vendor in the room that hands up how much vendor marketing material you use. Yes. <laughs> Not much. Not in my case. But the, the Marcus does want MDF and the partners we work with do, do want that. But really, they want to become expert training support, and there's lots of nuances around that. And so, marketing, the environment we operate in as a channel marketing agency, our importance is kind of towards the bottom of, the, of this. Um, and then, if we ask, um, you know, when we're examining what the goals for kind of the next 12 months are, we come back to the lead conversation. We come back to the fact that I would like more leads from you as my vendor partner or help driving them. <coughs> optimizing channel spend for ROI and increasing demand. And both parties want it, okay? And so, so our contention around this, and if you, if you bring it all together, this report, the people having these challenges are really high percentages. These, these exist in most vendors that, that, that we come across. And so what all of this environment means is that we end up with what we call a kind of a sort of dated channel mindset. And um, I'm kind of preaching to the choir a little bit here, but it's very product orientated. There's a restrictive MGF criteria. Here's the list of activities we are prepared to fund. And, and that, that, is, that is good governance, but it can also be restrictive. And I think it's necessary, but it's the environment. Sometimes channel partners can't see how to navigate through. Um, certainly short time and quarterly. So we end up with this kind of almost reactive um, kind of what can I do this quarter? What can I do next quarter to spend my MDA? Or even worse, which we see a little bit of, I'm halfway through this quarter and I've got X left, how can I spend it? And I think you know that this mindset exists and sort of everywhere. And so we've, we want to kind of push the envelope of offer services that move us away from this. And, and there's some real nuances um, around moving from lead general bust. Leads, 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 thank you very much. The odd event, a bit of training and support, as, as, as we've said. And we wanted to try and foster this idea of a new mindset for a channels and vendors like, which is directed by the partner. We put aside what partners bring to the party is a very specific set of skills and a way of working, but they are tend to be smaller companies that are not set up with infrastructure, platforms, data, the, the, the same resources as the vendor partners. So let's trust them to come up with a good idea and let's reward the good ideas. Um, the other point is that um, buying cycles most certainly do not align to MDF cycles. Never have, never will, unless Chris sells printers, so <laughs> you might look at any, and lots of them, he works for Epson, so, um, but you know, in the enterprise space where we've got a number of clients, that sales cycle of six to nine to, tw to 12 months does not align to having an opportunity in a quarter which a vendor wants to see. And, and, and that, that's problematic, but if we can get over that hurdle, and the reporting and the visibility is in place, then we've got a chance to say, fantastic, you closed something 
this quarter that we originated 14 months ago as a as a pair, you know, as, as in, a, in a joint relationship. But the other thing is that prospects in the market to, to David's point do the research. Mind you, the research nine, ten months ahead of even thinking about Alexa. They downloaded our content digitally. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, MQR, right, let's, let's push it down, push it down, push it down. And I'm sitting there and go, well, I'm already ready for, you know, this is, this is a 20, FY20 project, whatever it is. What do channel partners, how do we as vendors help the channel partner nurture those leads, stay visible, stay supported, you know, use those, um, those systems that are available to everyone to, 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 to demonstrate value but also nurture through. And the journey of buying is complex. Starts digitally, ends up. We've just we've just written a piece about um, human touch of marketing. It's all a bit uncomfortable for me. I don't like human touch stuff. <laughs> I like digital things I can see in the black and white. But we know where we're helping nurture things. There is a human interaction at some point. You know, you're, just, you're just not going to buy enterprise level solutions or bigger, bigger rolled up solutions um, come over the phone. And so there is a complex buyer journey. And this this is what we wanted to. Um, kind of get to and to generate a need longer. Now, so just, just to summarise this, this kind of, before I get into kind of the detail of what we've done, is around we wanted to pitch something that got away from quarterly, that certainly moved away from co branding. Um, we, we have no clients, I think, who get a great take up with co branded, but the partner adaptation of the solution is massively important. They become vertical or horizontal specialists. They really know the spaces they're in. Let's trust them to do that. Um, MDF, if you listen to what you can do, nice little lead gen, but let's get it away for developing accounts. And I mentioned the word accounts for the first time, it's not it's deliberate, but let's be, let's be open-minded that MDF doesn't have to be 80% you know, new. It, it, it is at the moment, and we're trying to change that. How can I help you grow your you know, your top 10 accounts in your channel business with, with an DFW campaign. Um, we know that there's, 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 a, there's some gaps around educating channels. Channels naturally are out selling and marketing and operating for, for customers, and they are, I think rightly, a little bit behind the curve on the latest marketing tactics. Vendors can invest in those, those platforms, that infrastructure, that device, that market, so that Eloqua, although we have a but but then the massive system, you know, um, not without its complexity, does a job. Probably beyond the range of most channel partners. I think we probably agree if they want to invest in it tomorrow. But there's this education that comes with investing in those platforms that channels sometimes don't make. And we thought this was very important to have an education element to kind of break in this cycle. Um, Supporting ongoing revenue and then um, having the, the, old, the old world things partner managed and reported to, to actually having this kind of three way reporting that lent more on the vendor and, and the agency. So these were the things we wanted to break in. And so we came up with um, the idea um, ABM was the flavor of the month, as many of you will realize, uh, has been for a couple of years. Um, and we were doing uh, some good business on direct ABM, working for vendors on uh, pilots and things like that. Um, and somebody suggested, could you do this in channel? And I was like, of course we can. 
and then thought I've got a bit of a blank sheet of paper here. But I do know the channel environment, and I am doing ABM. How do I push those two together? Um, and that's what I want to talk to you um, about now. There are, I'm not going to talk to you about platforms that we, that we do and the people side of things. I'm going to give a major on this, this program that, that we've got around channel ABM. So if you consider that mindset I talked about, slightly longer term, better use of MDF or not, discretionary, um, education element to it, helping you grow existing accounts as well as net new, getting away from restrictive criteria, we thought the channel account-based marketing could start to address some of those issues um, and increase the effectiveness of, um, of, 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 of channel-based marketing programs. So I talked a little bit about what a partner actually brings to the party. And occasionally, uh, when we talk to the distinct people, people around distance and they're frustrated, they're oh, why do I need this distance? Why do I need this channel? I'm just saying it's direct. And the Americans, you know, companies we've helped early stage coming to Europe, always come and we're selling direct in the States, coming in the same thing. And we're like, you can, but it will be a slow burn because we're British and you know, we're very reserved and we don't buy straight off the back and all those good stuff. But partners, bring this set of specializations to the table. You know, vendors bring the product, infrastructure systems, but horizontal, vertical, product innovation, you know, consultative approach. Certainly talking um, some of the, the research we did with, and Marcus I think is one of these, is that an opportunity will, will arise, and then he knows that he's probably got to go and do two or three days worth of that consultancy piece. You know, probably FOC at that point, that you'll make it back later, but it's a very consultative side, and that's what partners are brilliant at. So this is this is this is, this is where we want to, to, to help, and also we can, they can help us get into, into new markets. So I talked a little bit earlier about vendors are great at being big down this left hand side, having great brand awareness. They purchase well, you know. There's a few guys, and it's very different for the channel. It's really really different. And so with that differing type of organisation, and you, you have to admit that you know, this is, this is the, the status quo, how, how can we address that? And, and then it's certainly how can something be scalable beyond the normal um, methods that, that we've got. So let's talk about channel again. We've got a scene setting from David on how people buy, me on that channel environment that probably hasn't moved on for 25, 30 years in, in, in a major way. Lots of nuances with it. So we went to um, Sage, who we'll talk about later as, as the case study, and we said, uh, we've got an idea of some channel ABM, you know, it's, it's come from elsewhere, um, and what do we think we need to get it off the ground? And the discussions earlier in this were very much around, oh, can you do this through the MDF program? And it's like, uh, yes, but maybe not, because there's going to need to be three levels of infrastructure put in place. A, to deliver account-based marketing because it needs platforms and processes that are pretty much vendor-focused. And so we talked to them about three levels of, uh, of infrastructure. The first one being funding, in that you either have the platforms in place as the vendor that we can use, or you don't. And, you know, um, the nightmare scenario during this discussion program is, can you just build all these we're running 24 kind of partner programs. Can you build them all on the partner's infrastructure? So I'm thinking, watching Active Campaign, Marketo, HubSpot. The, the list was endless, and I'm thinking, oh, crap, no. 
let's have a conversation about a central level of investment in data and marketing automation platforms that are agency-friendly, and if they're agency-friendly, multi-client, they're going to be partner-friendly. And we can do the demarcation. And that, that, that central funding conversation actually allows the in-field pricing, because we want partners to pay for this. This is not an FOC, you know, we've picked you and it's going to be 100% funded. That there's a level of partner investment. But if they can see the systems at the centre, that's 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 that serves very well. The management, as I said, three-way partner, agency sherpa, and, and, and vendor. Um, as it gets set up, it's pretty much evenly split, 33, 33, 33. As we move through the campaign execution, it becomes more agency and partner with an oversight role from the vendor. But the reporting is entirely visible to, to, to everybody. Um, it's very much still geared around uh, being fully managed, multi-tactic, but also um, <laughs> we were told that um, account-based marketing would need a guaranteed lead to delivery by the channels. Okay, And I was like, a little deflated because that's not what that's not how the ends measured normally, measured all the reputation of revenue and all those good things that the direct market does. But we soon realised, piloting this, that we couldn't get partners into this programme unless there's a need deliverable. Now that, what it's done for me is actually I can't keep a campaign to a quarterly cycle or even two. I'm delivering across that. So we, we, have, to, we have to have a model that bends and flex a bit for different types of partners. Because the other thing is, we encounter very, very different levels of skill sales, marketing, platforms, where it might be in every part we go to, and in different geos as well, because this program I'm about to talk about um, is, is a global one. Um, so this, this, this was a, a framework consideration, and a lot of work went in at this point, but it's done. As we, we kind of know what's needed now, the investments that a vendor would need to make to even do the turn water. And what ended up happening was, um, we piloted with two partners in the US and two in the UK, it gave us a sort of A-B test, but not, not much of one, but it was enough over a seven-month, eight-month period to say, would we go? And we started off with a kind of seven-step process, and then it morphed into this ten-step process. And I'm not going to spend too long on this, but suffice to say, the things that we added are the challenges that having a partner in a delivered ABM program and highlighted to them. Selecting the partners in the first instance needs some real thought. It can't be just your top revenue performers. It can't be, it can be your up and coming rising stars who've made some investments. That's that's absolutely great. But there's a slightly different model because they're not going to have a team of BDR representatives. They probably have a couple of people out selling, you know, the, the head of technical. And so there's a couple of models there. But the part selection came up with a kind of 20 point matrix, and it was, it was a bit of an eye opener. Have they got sales and marketing, representative the automation, what's the data look like? Are they going to commit to weekly calls? And it morphed actually into um, uh, an SLA kind of um, uh, process. And the SLA is not onerous, it's probably not one of Fujitsu's um, <laughs> David's SLAs, but it was around how quickly you'd follow up leads, how quickly you'd provide information back about people you spoke to, how you would help us with content and adapting and, and producing content for you, the partner. Because we saw a lot of MDF and 
systemized campaigns that well, well, we've run out of time, we'll just go around and get it out and get it done and, and there's you know, one inquiry and everyone's a bit flat, but, but it just needed a bit more thought than this. And certainly when we ran the pilot, all the partners thought this was a wonderful opportunity to get new content. That there's a Luton content, we were all you know, 100 percent funded the rollout pilot, so we haven't gone there for the rest of the rollout, but you know, it's like happy that is the former queue, uh, literally. Um, but we, we knew that, that there was a lot of uh, content from Sage at the centre that needed better adaption than just co-branding, and, and we, we worked a lot with the partners on the model. Um, and the partners walk away from this program with probably somewhere between 35 and 45 new bits of content. Now that sounds a lot, but it's not 35 white papers, please. It's, it's a content piece, it's a video, there's some ads on social, because it's multi-contact, and I'll show you a little bit about that in a minute. But certainly step two was, was really important to step through and talk around. Um, and then we get to the kind of the big bear in the room with partner marketing, whose data, how do we do it? Okay. And we know that we were able to go to the market because of the central in infrastructure and investment that was being made. And speak to data platforms on a global basis that would allow a through channel and not their normal way of operating. So you get a conversation with uh, Discoverable, they were like, well, you're going to use what channels and you're going to use multiple instances of it. And I'm like, yes, but I am going to sign up for your entire data set group. Right? If you time that conversation for the 28th of the third month of the quarter, <laughs> they, they suddenly get a bit interested, and the list price for their data set globally and everything at 725 grand wasn't that, okay? But we could have that negotiation, and then we're allowed to roll things out. And so for our partners in the program, the Bombora platform is built into that. Discover all is way better in the States than it is over here, so we've had to augment it with a couple of platforms here. But we know that the whole data piece of the partner is covered. They select a vertical, we go away and map it, we talk about job roles, and we build out a data set for them that's fully managed. And we know that we've also ticked the GDPR box, certainly here in the UK at that point as well, by making small decisions and doing the legal bit once on the platform. And so, actually, the intent um, part of this, um, a year ago, we were all very pleased excited about intent, we really were. Uh, we're still getting excited, but maybe slightly less so, in that it delivers a certain level of, of, of new accounts into a program, but it's certainly not going to be well. There's still lots of hard yards of marketing and you know, touch points and human interaction that, that, that we need to do there. Um, but, but the great thing here was that the partner got to choose the vertical. Now, again, it sounds great, theory double edged sword. Right, partner one, Love you, the manufacturing for me, brilliant, referenceable, great, lots of data, magic. Part two, I'd like you to do cannabis farming. So I'm like, okay, we'll run the data for cannabis farming. Oh, right, we can have a crack at 15 states, 15 companies in Arizona. Right, that's not a great data set to run an ABM campaign on. And so there was a, it was a very real. Um, feedback from partners that they would give us the tricky one. Do you see what I mean? We've got, we've got a couple of manufacturing and finance and processes. You go and do the weird wonderful things. And we did a couple and then we did a nightmare and we stopped doing it. We, had, we just had a very much more adult conversation at the outset when the partner joins this program about, about, about the data set. But they do get the choice. Um, 
For vendors, there's always a, are you going to tread on the toes of like existing direct programs? And that is a real concern to all parties. There would be nothing that worse for me than agency, here's, here's the numbers and leads for this partner program. Oh, you're already engaged with three of them. I've got to go and replace those leads for the partner. Because the partner won't, they're either going to have a handshake and, and deal with the vendor or they're not. And the vendors will probably push them away at this point. The direct sales team will say, okay, partner back on. So we have to do an account validation step, which is tricky, but very doable, but it's, it's very necessary. Um, but it makes everybody feel a little bit better that we are targeted. And for this, for this part, um, this, for the SAGE activity, we are demarcated into a horizontal group, not a set of verticals. So we don't any verticals, but um, we're not going to touch on the multi-million high-touch um, sort of stuff. And if we do come across those and the partners originated, then there's, there's a normal conversation where we're and as we move through the tactics, we knew that this was going to be multiple. It's going to be email, content marketing. Um, it was going to be a level of advertising, paid social, um, remarketing to keep people warmed and nurtured, because they nurtured to be part of this. And, and we were actually adding a, a kind of another tactic, which is a nurture program. As, as our first set of partners come to the end of their lead delivery, they're all asking, can you help us with nurturing? So we'll add nurturing there. Email has featured, it delivers much as it's always done, but um, the, the other part that we definitely added um, on top of nurture was the inside sales piece. Um, David's point, don't give a telemarketing company their money and say get on with it and want 20 leads anymore. We certainly don't use this top of funnel. This is where we have engaged um, uh, uh, prospects from within the data set and this is managed by us. So one of the things we've had to take out of the equation is the delay sometimes you get the end of a program delivery leads have been given to the partner and then John's on the road today so he hasn't done them and then there's, there's this sort of time lag and we know by having insights, so some partners go to the don't know this is not a generalisation that the partner's bad and need for loads are really really good at it but the old pocket makes you think if we controlled it in-house with our own inside sales teams then it could be really quick and quite punchy and so this was an addition um, and then there's a, there's a really big kind of reporting piece to this we use a lot of zoom here we've got some good zoom here haven't we we use a lot of zoom right? <laughs> we use bucket loads because we do all our we did 24 meetings a week with partners over zoom for an hour results where it's working lead feedback so this is a really managed <coughs> set of, of activities, but it was delivering great results and then big reporting up into uh, kind of global, global stage and regional as well. Um, one of the tricks with this campaign is that um, we have clients at the centre who don't mind signing the bigger checks. We have the partners who like the programme at the bottom, and in the middle we have a regional marketing team who still control the MDF delivery, Department management, all that kind of stuff in the field. And so we have three audiences in which to manage through. And, and sometimes, I mean, geo plays it, it's quite easy in the UK, we don't see them. In the States, it's okay. But, you know, regional marketing teams have a list of activities that are, I don't know, 10 or 12, they've got 12 activities on that quarter. Then the central ones, you know, training and different types of program, different types of product launches, all these kind of things that are fighting for attention in departments. 
um, we have to go into them and say, hey, Central have got another scheme for you. And they will go, and we go, no, it's great, it's ABM, it's all, it's not all funded, we have to put some money in there. Okay. So we have, to, we have to do some pitching to the regional teams and the different levels uh, within. So that's, that's kind of it. This is, I'm not going to go into this in any way because I can't even read that from here. Um, but we end up with this kind of campaign Gantt chart that gives the partner and SAGE and the regional SAGE teams the confidence that there's a set of probably 50 or 60 activities that are going to happen during that, during that campaign. And, 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 and in the interest of time, I'm not going to go into these and we'll let you have a copy of this, but these are some of the discoveries we've made and I've mentioned some of them as we've gone around partner selection engagement, the data piece, um, and all the way down. Um, there's only eight there, there's ten on my slide, but we've managed to put together for slide David's maths, so ten years we <laughs> presenters are never good at maths. Um, so, but every time the green parts are where we're adapting and we're learning as we go, because this is not a, here's three grand, go and organise some telemarketing, send us the results in the CSV sheet, and we'll have your this is as far away from that as I could possibly get it. And that's why it's, it's beautifully portrayed like this. Just why it's, why it's worked and why it's working, um, choosing the right partners, laying out what they need to do, really important, pitching it in properly, um, dealing with the, how many leads am I getting, when are they coming? Okay, that's fine, we're getting this much, but you tell me how you're gonna follow them up. It becomes a much more involved conversation. The, the kickoff meetings we do with partners and groups <coughs> They sign an agreement to come in, which is it's not, not you know, it's page and page, it just says we're going to be in the program behaving this way. The SLA is around um, their responsiveness, and, and that's you know, the pre work on getting the right partners is, is hugely important. Um, the campaign build and, and that sort of stuff we do, we won't go into too much detail there, but aligning it and making sure that we're managing. Um, the content flow from the vendor, for instance. Vendors are probably, in our experience here, um, on this program, <laughs> I don't want to say this, but the vendor might be behind the partner content plan, okay? The partners might be doing a better job of the content piece, um, but you can have it the other way around where the vendor might be a quarter ahead and releasing content out to the partner community. We deal with a, um, a lady in the States who's got the global responsibility for content for stage with a good relationship with her. She's just showing us what's coming up and, and not all of it's relevant by the way. Because this isn't about just taking stage content and blasting it through a part. There's a lot of uh, discussion around that. And then just on uh, the, the management itself, it's fully managed for the vendor. This is not the channel marketing doing the day-to-day -day execution, this is us, but they're heavily involved. Um, we're rolling it out globally. It's been it's English at the moment, English speaking. We'll move into um, a set of foreign languages in over the summer, um, with France being my first market. Pretty deep and long, but I think that's it's good. They've requested the program, so you know, happy days. We'll make that work. The, the translation of content, not a problem at all. The translation of interaction and the localized team, way more tricky. But also, the two bits that have made this seem a little bit of a platform investment at the centre, and also we are educating those partners as they go. And what we end up with as we, as we run towards the end of um, uh, this, this kind of new activity in channel 
is we have two types of partners. We have, this has been fantastic, I'd like to work with your direct Sherpa. Okay, so tick the box. Thanks, I didn't really get it. We'll take the leads and we'll run them ourselves and we'll try and set some stuff up. But we're trying to deal with both. So here's your, here's your takeaway zip file. Okay, happy days, we're here if you want to help. Or here is let's do it. And so for some of the partners who are continuing, what we're doing is we're getting a smaller data set to work. So we're going from one to many ABM, which is where we had to start, into that one to few ABM as the partners get more sophisticated with it. And that's been a key success factor. And then just a couple of things to leave with you with the reality of channel account-based marketing. <coughs> and again, I test, but I don't want you to concentrate. So if I, if I was looking at this slide, everything up until the red line is what you expect a marketing agency to do. Content, landing pages, emails, creation, design, whatever it might be, including the inside sales line, which you can see is a little disproportionate, but it's, it's a vital part of it. We didn't break out education here. We left it management, this slide probably keeps going here. So we have had to do an incredible amount of hand-holding with the partners, but in a really good way, because they, they all want to do ABM, they like it, but there's, 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 there's a need to show them how to have access to platforms, and that's it. Um, so just to round out, this is kind of what it looked like for Sage. Um, they had some specific challenges in their partner community that this aligned to. When we pitched uh, this in a coffee shop, as the sort of, don't, you can, you can, we, we're happy to be laughed out of a coffee, coffee shop. We don't want to be in the boardroom and say we're laughed out. That's how agencies are. But they wanted visibility. They wanted to improve marketing skill. They wanted to help their partners grow. And they, they, they weren't doing the best job here. And they needed a program that went back and, and kind of did some of this. They've got a way to go. I think all vendors have. You've got to stay front foot with this kind of stuff. Um, but they wanted better alignment. And, and we've worked with any number. The platform access has been really good. That's the 42 I mentioned, 24 partners, one to many to one to few, multiple tactics, and the data platforms uh, in the center. Um, as we sit here in the last month, we've got about 200 uh, QSOs in Sage language across the program, um, 24 partners. Um, and at the moment, we're looking at that kind of forecast, forecast uh, ROI around um, 11, and, and some of the partners so that is a whistle-stop tour through a kind of two-year journey around channel account-based marketing and how we wanted to take some of those issues, challenges around channel and come up with a program that, that started to, to address them. We know we've got a way to go, and we really have. There's year two is upon us in September of the, pro, of the big rollout program. We've got probably a list of optimizations and improvements we want to make um, because at the moment this only sits in one product set and it sits in their top value product set because of the level of investment was needed at the beginning. You can't go um, you know, on this level of program, it needs to be on a certain type of product. Um, and so this is the journey. It's evolving. Um, we, we bring it to you today just to consider, but we do know that account-based marketing supported by a vendor community can work um, in the channel.